Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This guy is a machine. All he does is work out and pick winners. Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. Oregon's down by 12. They're on the 45-yard line with no timeouts. Oregon's got an All-American field goal kicker. Why didn't somebody tell me? Chicago Sports Betting Show. Touchdown, Ohio State. There are some folks who are celebrating and others who are saying, you've got to be kidding. You kind of know what I'm thinking about. Over or under? Under would be the key word. Hello? Bet with an edge. He'd find out the kind of inside stuff nobody else knew, and that's what he put his money on. He even figured out the different bounce you got off the different kinds of wood they used on college basketball courts, you know? Early odds with Joe Ostrowski. A friend of mine is very smart, said I've been very lucky with gambling. I've never won. Saturday mornings on 670 The Score and the Radio.com app. Morning, everyone. Welcome into Early Odds. My guy Lawrence Holmes would call this doing the Barry Horowitz, but I feel like I have to because I don't know when another one of these is going to come around. We've all had those heaters, whether we're talking about in a casino or in sports betting. Like, yeah, you just can't top days like that. And that occurred in week one in the NFL for me. Let's say I'm in a lot of handicapping contests, and one of them is a Circus Sports Million Based in Las Vegas, you hear their ads here on 670, the score. You pick five games against the spread every week. With some luck, we went 5-0 last week. Betting sides in the NFL, going 5-0, that's really, really hard, and you need a bunch of luck. And what do you know, last week's guest, Adam Chernoff, he went 5-0. We had agreement on some, but we had different picks in the contest. Both of us went 5-0. and So I hope you caught us last week and were able to make some money if you did tail. And for one week in my life, I can say that I am tied for first place to win a million dollars. This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski, as Big Voice Guy just said a moment ago, every Saturday. 8 to 9 a.m. on 670 The Score. Follow me on Twitter, at Joe0670, at Joe0670. I am broadcasting live from The Score Hyundai Studios, presented by your local Hyundai dealers. All right, coming off the Red Hot Week, let's make it two in a row. As many of you know, I co-host BetQL Daily, weekdays, 8 to 11 a.m. on the BetQL Network. Handling evenings is my guy, Ryan Horvat. He co-hosts BetMGM tonight, 6 to 10 p.m. Central Time. Find us on the Odyssey app. 
twitch.tv slash betql if you have an hd radio 105.9 fm hd2 105.9 fm hd2 horvat week two i feel disgusting like i've gone through all of the phases throughout the week there's days i've loved the card there's days i've hated the card kind of reminds me of an old girlfriend i mean there, there are some bets that i feel like as longtime betters it, it's throwing up all the signals bets we have to make but I don't know if I'm going to be able to stomach it. Right. That's the same way that I feel with this card, Joe. And like last week, week one, you know, the two big bets that I had, Arizona and Cleveland, I absolutely loved, you know, and then there was other things I liked. And I was like, well, you got to pump the brakes because you want to break your bankroll here week one. You want money to play with all season long. It's just, especially last year, you know, with no fans in attendance, there was no preseason. It was such a sloppy product, but this year, it was so hard not to just go all in week one. And thank God I didn't, because like as a joke in Milwaukee, we picked against the spread. And I think I won like five games against the spread, but I absolutely love the four games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But also, but also, like, I, if I, if, but also, like, there was a couple of them that I lost that I actually won. Like, I jumped on the Jets immediately last week, plus five and a half. Like, and then the number went down to what, four before kickoff. So on Friday, that is, I mean, so actually I won that one. I was on the Jets. I was on the Browns and I was on the Cardinals. My only loss last week was one that I jumped on Sunday. And that's something that I usually don't do. Like, usually I try to get all my bets in before Saturday. And then if I'm going to play a different side or if something gets adjusted to where I think that there's an advantage, sometimes I'll pounce on it on Sunday morning. But I jumped on Minnesota last minute and it was a terrible mistake as they lose uh, outright in overtime. And I may just make that same mistake this week as well with them. Is it me or at the start of this season, these markets are moving earlier and earlier in the week? We all know you have a bit of an advantage when you bet early in the week to get that closing line value. And I know some of this is injury related, but it's startling the number of point spreads that have cut through key numbers, like right through the three Uh, chargers were trending minus two and a half. Get some injury news. It's minus three and a half chiefs open minus two and a half. They're minus three and a half bunch of line movement on the bears and Bengals. It's like all over the map. No, it really is. Like look at new Orleans and Carolina. And that's why, that's why about the Broncos and Jaguars. Honestly. I mean, and, and what do you do in that spot? Because I'm hearing a lot of people say that they like Jacksonville, but I went back and I watched that game on the game pass, the condensed version Mm -hmm. and Trevor Lawrence was kind of what you would expect Trevor Lawrence to be week one in his first game ever. A lot of short throws, the two big interceptions in the second quarter. But if you take away that second quarter, you know, the performance wasn't as bad as it looked on paper. And I am all over the uh, Broncos this season. The season win total, I went over and it was one of my favorite bets. I love betting money on Teddy Bridgewater. All he does is cover. He has the weapons. The Jerry Judy injury absolutely sucks, man. And it's a high ankle sprain. That's a devastating injury. I don't think he's going to be back on the field for what, six to eight weeks. But I was actually also happy that it was only a high ankle sprain because I thought there might be ligament damage that looked a lot worse than it actually ended up being. As I say that though, that's one of like the worst injuries. He's going to be hampered by that all season long, but still like Teddy with all those weapons. I love them on the defensive side of the ball. Von Miller was huge last week, had two sacks. I just don't know what to do with that game because I've heard everybody, like literally everybody that I respect loves Jacksonville this week. And I get it with the six. I don't think I could do it though, man. I don't know that I could do it, especially with these urban Meyer reports where like the team's already given up on him. He's already lost the locker room. It's not even week two yet. I'm in the same spot with that game. We'll talk through it. And there are a bunch of dirty dogs and I don't know if I'm going to be able to pull the trigger 
Uh, we'll get to that later on in the conversation, but let's start with some sides that you do like. Where do you want to start on the board? Okay, so another game that scares me a little bit, but I'm really high on the Bills. I went back and forth on this all offseason long because, you know, the big question is, was there going to be regression for Josh Allen? We've never seen anybody do what Josh Allen did last year. Like, we knew he had a cannon for an arm. He could make plays with his legs. But I've never seen a quarterback actually improve his accuracy in one offseason. But it looked week one like there's going to be a little regression, right? I mean, they should have won that game. They have a 10-0 lead. And then Josh Allen has Emmanuel Sanders wide open. That would have made it a 17 nothing game. And he overshoots him, like throws over his head. And then after that, it was just bad break after bad break. But Pittsburgh didn't even look good. Like Roethlisberger did not look good. He wasn't throwing the ball down the field. I don't know if that offensive line has really even improved. They couldn't get the run game going in the first half. Still, they won an ugly game. And I think, like, shout out to Mike Tomlin. He won them that game. But still, I expect big things from Buffalo this year. They're going on the road. They're taking on Miami. Miami looked really good against New England, especially in the first half. But a lot of that was like just great play calling. Like they got Jalen Waddell involved early on in the game. It was all just quick throws from Tua. I think Buffalo is going to get some pressure on Tua and he's going to throw two picks in this game. They're going to force him to make some bad decisions. And I think that Buffalo is going to look a lot better offensively this week. I know I'm going to be a Joe and probably be going against the pros in this one. Mm -hmm. I'm going to lay it with Buffalo, man. I mean, I wish I was getting a three, three and a half right now. I took it with the Bills. I think the Bills win this game by a touchdown. I think we might be overhyping Miami because of what we saw week one. I think that's a little bit of an overreaction. I think they could be a nine-win team, and I love the coaching staff there. But still, I do think Buffalo gets right this week, and they walk away one and one on the year. Now, uh, for context for everyone, you were on the Bills season win total over, and I was on the under. So I think that might have been the only season win total that we disagreed on uh, going oppo there. But I understand why. I thought there would be more of a reaction. The look ahead was Bills minus three and a half, and it's still Bills minus three and a half. When I look at that Steelers game, Horvey, that will lead us into the next one that I'm taking a look at, actually. Bills should have won that game. Yeah. You needed a special teams touchdown. The Bills outgained the Steelers by 120-plus yards. They ran 24 more plays, and the Steelers didn't have much offense. I mean, the Pittsburgh offensive line is still pathetic. I'm right. not going to look at that game and say, oh, oh, the Steelers are a good team. They're going to be a contender. I don't think so. You always have to take no. the num number into account. And, you know, for your side, Josh Allen dominated Miami last season. In a, a game and a half, he had seven touchdowns, one interception, quarterback rating of 137 and 639 yards. Impressive stuff. Um, on the flip side with Miami, they're great at home. They're 10 and three in their last 13 games against the spread. Tua did a nice job in the red zone. It's fascinating because what Miami's hoping with Tua is exactly what Josh Allen just did. Can he take that big leap this season? The Diggs Howard matchup is going to be fascinating. Uh, the climate, whew, game time temps are going to be in the 90s, and they say it's going to feel like it's 100 degrees on that field. Yeah. So that, that's going to be something. You, I, Joe, I don't love I don't love the Dolphins, but I kind of like the Dolphins. That's where I'm at, just because I'm getting that hook at three and a half. Hey, I believe in the Bills. In fact, all three teams 
that I made a case to win the Super Bowl, I'll start 0-1, man. The Packers, <laughs> who I jumped on 14-1, to the Browns. But I actually walked away from Sunday's game, like higher on the Browns than I was even going into it. Even the interception, the game-ending interception for Baker, he was actually trying to make the right decision. He was trying to throw that ball away. He just got tripped up and throws the game-ending pick. I love what, what the Browns were able to do offensively. And if they could get Odell Beckham Jr. healthy by week three, I do think that they're that they're a legit uh, Super Bowl contender. And then the Bills. So the Bills, the Packers, and the Browns, all three start 0-1. Brutal. Well, you know the deal. Desperation mode in week two. I know it sounds crazy, but it isn't because 89% of teams that start 0-2 miss the playoffs. Now we do have an expanded format, so we'll see down the line if that holds form. But uh, teams are going to be a little desperate this week. That's what plays into the overreaction. That's why week two is so fascinating in the National Football League. Early odds with Joe. Ostrowski Sports Radio 670. The score, my guest, Ryan Horvat, Bet MGM tonight, 6 to 10 Chicago time, Odyssey app, twitch.tv slash betql 105.9 FM HD2. All right. So we were just talking about that Steelers Bills game, and that's where I'm going next. And I don't, I'm not sure how I feel about it, but uh, I want to bounce some things off of you. The Raiders are in a terrible spot. Terrible. Short week after Monday. They played five quarters on that wild, wild Monday night football game. They're flying across the country. They have an early time slot. All that stuff points against the Raiders, but the point spread is up there. It's been bouncing around between five and a half and six this week. Carr impressed the hell out of me. Like that Ravens secondary, I know they're in some trouble dealing with some injuries, but after the first quarter, on passes 10-plus yards downfield, he was 8-for-12, had seven pass plays of 20-plus yards in the game. And we were talking about the issues that Pittsburgh's offense had. Ben is only going to get worse as the season goes along. Yep. And, they, and they needed a special teams touchdown to win that game. Now, T.J. Watt was an absolute monster. But even though Raiders have a tough matchup because the Steelers have a terrific defense, I just don't see how the Steelers' offense can hang with the Raiders. So, and I'm getting five and a half, six. I know it's a tough spot, but I have to back the Raiders. Man, I know I've been going back and forth on this one as well because I played the Steelers season win total under and immediately after I was like, I'm betting against Mike Tomlin. I love fading Ben Roethlisberger. I hate betting against Mike Tomlin and that defense, especially after they ended up paying TJ Watt and making him happy because he's ridiculous, man. Like him and Chandler Jones last week. Oh my God. Here's what scares me. (laughs) It is exactly what you brought up, especially in the John Gruden era. So I know like how much does home field advantage matter anymore? I don't know, but I can tell you this, like with John Gruden as the head coach, the last three seasons, the Raiders three and eight against the spread when they fly from uh, the East to the West for a 1 PM Eastern start time. The rest of the league is 23 and five in that spot against the spread. Also Derek Carr was ridiculous in the second half of that game, right? But he's three and six against the spread as a road underdog of six or more points since the start of the 2018 season. So that's the only thing that scares me a little bit, especially coming off that emotional Monday night victory. They open things up with full attendance, you know, in Las Vegas for the first time. Like the trend, you know what I mean? Like the trends are telling me this is an awful spot for the Raiders, but I'm kind of with you. And I almost did it. I didn't end up doing it. I wanted to play the Raiders season win total over. I don't think they're going to be a flashy or exciting team, but I think they're going to do just enough to win like eight, nine games. As crazy as that sounds like offensively, they could put points up in a hurry. Defensively, you really never know what you're going to get from them. This is one that I'm staying away from, but I feel like I would have to take Vegas 
even though the trends are telling me like this is an awful spot, stay away from it. Uh, good point. So this is your prototypical pros versus Joes game. The Joes are all over the Steelers. Look, they're going to be competitive this year. Now they're going back home. Raiders in such a tough spot. And uh, I'm, I'm told that a lot of the money they were saying over at points bet that the Steelers are one of those super popular team, but the big bets are coming in on the Raiders. Yeah, I could see it, man. I could yeah. see it. And I still like that's that's what I. I love about week two, week three is like, okay, we get the overreaction from week one and that's where you try to find some advantages, but like week two, week three, so important because week one, we always see crazy stuff, you know, like are the Packers absolute trash is Aaron Rodgers like Peyton Manning that final season in Denver, or was it just one bad week and he just can't win a game in Florida, you know, are the bills like, are the bills going to be that team that we overhyped? Are the Browns going to be that team? I think we're going to learn a lot here these next couple of weeks. And those are two teams I just like don't have an idea about right now. And that's the really? Steelers. I just, I just don't trust. No, I mean the Steelers. I just don't trust Roethlisberger. And like you said, he's only going to get worse. And he was terrible last week. Yeah. Hor Horvy, let's just go there. I know you want to. Packers are your team. Monday night football, heavy, heavy favorites against the Lions. The number's 11 and a half. Uh, I'll share my quick thoughts. Look, I, Jermichael Finley, are you serious? I know. Really? Rodgers in prime time after one of the worst losses of his career is going to come out and step on throats. The question is, will the back door be open for Goff? And it wouldn't surprise me if Detroit gets some support because people see the flurry of points against San Francisco in the final two minutes. And they forget the fact that San Francisco was leading Detroit 41 to 17. Jeff Okuda on the IR. I don't know any of these cornerbacks for the Detroit Lions. I know. Devontae Adams is going to eat. I would kind of just be like, huh. Ah. Shrug my shoulders if I find out Devontae Adams has 150 yards and two or three touchdowns. I don't know if I'm going to be able to pull the trigger on 11 and a half, but I, I'm picking them in every survivor pool I'm in. Like, even if I have like 20 spots, 10 are going with the Packers at least. Same here, man. And that's the only way to play this game. Throw, you know, maybe if you're doing a money line parlay, which I'm not a big parlay guy, or if you know you want to use them in Survivor, I do recommend that. But I'm not laying double digits with this team after what I saw. Granted, no? it was against a Saints team that maybe some people are undervaluing. It was in Florida, but I am going to be uh, fading the Lions all season long. That defense, granted, it was against San Francisco. They give up 41 points. 442 yards, eight yards per play, 11.5 yards per pass. And that was against the Niners with Jimmy Garoppolo. Trey Lance throws, what, one ball for five yards for a touchdown. Rodgers is going to eat him alive. And it, like, okay, so it's a lot of points. I'm going back and forth on this one because this is the bounce back spot that you look for. Like every year you do get this, especially since Matt LaFleur has taken over. But Aaron Rodgers coming off an against the spread loss, 26-13-1. and one. Man, that's a 66% clip with him as the starting quarterback of the Packers. Like you said, no Akuda. It's almost like you have to play Green Bay or nothing in this game. I'll, Definitely I'll, not. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you this. This is where I'm at with it. We've got three games with double-digit spreads. If I'm betting any of the three, it's not – Tampa Bay, Atlanta, for sure. Probably yeah. not Cleveland, Houston. I would, if anything, I would look at Green Bay. Yeah, especially on Monday night, man. Yeah. Like this Lions team is trying to lose football games. But then again, they look kind of good. I mean, in the second half, also, like the 49ers were just playing a bunch of nickel. Like they had that game well. They thought they had that game under wraps. So hard to take away from anything you saw in the second half. But I think that 
here's the thing that scares me again, like last week, the Packers pass rush is just non-existent. Like that's the reason they lost against Tampa Bay in the NFC title game. They didn't sack Brady one time, 43 year old Tom Brady. They're going to have to make things uncomfortable for Jared Goff. And if they can't do that, they're in big trouble this season. Now, the one thing about the Lions, man, like they have one strength and it is their offensive line. So if they're healthy on Monday night, that'd be the only thing like that would scare me a little bit. But I think the Packers should win by two touchdowns easily. Uh, with Ryan Horvath, but MGM tonight on the BetQL network. How about Bears Bengals? A lot of line movement this week. Look ahead three and a half. Sunday, it's three. And then midweek, it got down at some spots all the way to one. Bears minus one against the Cincinnati Bengals. Make any sense of it? Disgusting, right? Um, you got the Andy Dalton revenge game if you're looking for some narrative. I that think- already happened. Andy Dalton stinks. Here, yeah, dude, well, yeah. I, Joe, I mean, I, I already missed it, but if I was going to play this game, I'm not playing it right now. I should have jumped on the Bengals immediately, though. All Joe Burrow does is cover. Ten full games he's played, I believe. Seven, two, and one against the spread mm-hmm. uh, when they're underdogs in nine of those games. Yep. I would have jumped on them at three. I don't think there's any value right now. I could see the Bears winning this game. I could see the Bengals winning this game. The reason that I could see the Bears winning this game is maybe Matt Nagy at halftime or in the second quarter is like, okay, I got to put Fields out there, man. How about when Justin Fields scores that rushing touchdown? Did you see how – well, obviously you did. You're in Chicago. How excited his teammates were. Everybody ran over to him. He already has – like the respect of everybody in that locker room as a rookie. Why do you not go to him? You know what Andy Dalton's ceiling is. It's a six-win team. Justin Fields, I, I think this is a very winnable division after what I saw from the yes. Packers. There's, there's my overreaction, man. Like Aaron Rodgers looked bad. Those interceptions that he threw, he's been picked off before. Granted, he only threw four last year. There's no David Bakhtiari for what? The first six, seven weeks of the season? That's the best starting left tackle in all pro football. He's out with the torn ACL right now. They lost Corey Lindsley, who was an all pro center. He's now on the offensive line with the chargers uh, along with Brian Balaga, who they should have paid last year. I know that, you know, they're able to rotate guys around and I know the offensive line wasn't the issue, but that defense looked terrible, man. Jameis Winston threw five touchdowns and no picks against them. That's how bad that defense looks. So I think it's a winnable division if you go to fields. And I hate saying that as a Packer fan. Okay. So people were laughing at me this week. So I'm not out for lunch with this take. The NFC North is trash, and the Bears available at plus 650 to win the North while they are going to be favored in two of their next three games, Bengals this week, Lions in two weeks from now in week four. I think you can make worse bets. Same here. I mean, look at this. Like, I mean, the, the, the Lions aren't winning five games this season, and then Minnesota is – I think Mike Zimmer's gone after this year. I mean, I think he's I, gone in season. Really? Yeah, it's over well, under week eight. <laughs> well, I bet him for first coach fired at 10 to one before the year started. So, man, I like that a lot. Yeah, I, I just I think they're going to be a disaster this season, Um, even though I'm going to back them this week. I do think they're going to be a disaster. Uh, yeah, that, that's probably my favorite bet. I placed it right away, man. I jumped on the Vikings. I got the four and a half. Like if you looked at the look ahead line after week one, this was almost a pick em. I think Arizona was favored by a point, maybe one and a half. Obviously, they dominate against Tennessee, who I'm out on this year. I played their season win total under. I just think Tannehill comes back down to earth because they've completely run Derrick Henry into the ground the last two years. Like, if anybody could take that bulk of the carries, it's a running back like Derrick Henry. He's obviously a genetic freak. But I just – I feel like there's going to be some regression with them this year offensively, even with the addition of Julio Jones. Like, is he going to be healthy all season long? Probably not. You know, I love A.J. Brown. But defensively, man – I don't like anything that they did, even in the draft. Like 
They draft Caleb Farley, who hadn't played football in two years. He's not even the week one starter in the secondary for him. I don't think the Tennessee Titans are going to be any good this season. Um, so it was a nice victory for the Cardinals. They beat them 38 to 13. Kyler looked really good defensively. They, I mean, Jones had five sacks in that game. They looked awesome. But, I mean, I had to jump on Minnesota when this got, got went past the key number and I got the four and a half. Also, Mike Zimmer coming off a loss, uh, 17 and 10 against the spread. Had to play Minnesota. Vikings are on my list. And what I mean is the list of dirty dogs out there. I mean, this week, there are so many of them. Uh, we hit on the Jaguars getting six. The Panthers are getting three and a half at home against New Orleans. The Jets are getting five and a half against New England and a rookie quarterback. The Colts getting three and a half against the Rams. It was four midweek, but the injury report is uh, is looking ugly as we get closer and closer to Sunday. I mean, the same thing with that Cowboys game. Like, I was all in on the Cowboys getting a few points. Oh, their best pass rushers out for six to eight weeks. Your starting tackle is suspended as well. It, it's been a wild week, and that's why we've seen all these swings. No, seriously. And I was going to be all over Dallas as well, but I can't play them. I I mean, that pass rush, that defense is already terrible. That offensive line I've already had questions about. So I'm staying away from that one. And I don't know what to do with this Rams Colts game. And again, because I was higher on the Colts going into the season than most like last year, they won double digit games with the corpse of Phillip rivers who couldn't even throw the ball down the field. I thought Carson Wentz would look a lot better. And I know it's only week one and I don't want to overreact. Mm -hmm. He made some plays, but he looked like the same dude. And Carson Wentz is a tough dude to back. Like it's not a very lucrative decision. He's 14 and 26 against the spread his last four years, man. Like 2017, he went 11 and two, but I mean, that was 2017. He's not that guy anymore. Look, I understand why some sharper betters are taking the Indianapolis Colts. I wasn't that impressed with the Rams. It was two big plays. Yeah. And that's why their offense looks so great. 7.7 yards per play on Sunday night against the bears. It was two miscues by the bears secondary, but I'm looking at the Colts. All right. With Wentz, how are you going to score? Like his poor play has continued and I know it's Russell Wilson, but I was looking at this Colts defense. It's been pretty good coming into the season. They were terrible giving up explosive plays to Seattle Yeah, and their, their offensive line is supposed to be a strength. Wentz was sacked three times and hit 10 times. Yeah, exactly, man. And a lot of that is on Wentz though, too. He hangs onto the ball way too long. And then I'm like, okay, did I maybe underrate Seattle because I don't trust them defensively. And I should have jumped all over that Russell Wilson MVP ticket when I was talking about it, how he's never received a vote and maybe it's narrative based, but he looks so good. And Tyler Lockett, like all Russ has to do is roll out and fire up that 60 yard bomb and Lockett is going to locate it. He's ridiculous. DK is ridiculous. I worry about them defensively and like, I'm already all over the uh, 49ers over 10 and a half wins, but yet the Rams, the win the division, which I got two to one. I was like, do I really see three teams in this division winning double digit games? I mean, after week one, all of those teams, like you said, for the Rams, I wasn't that impressed because it was just two big plays. But Arizona looked good. And again, I'm not really high on Tennessee. San Francisco looked good in the first half of that game. I almost feel like Seattle looked the best. You know, I, I again, I think that Colts team is a double-digit win team. But I watched the Colts, and it just makes me so depressed that Andrew Luck retired when he did because they should be a Super Bowl contender if they had him as their starting quarterback. Now they're stuck with Carson Wentz, who I thought maybe he would uh, get rid of the yips. It looks like he still got them. All right, last thing. Let's hit on the Niners since you brought them up. It feels like the line stinks. Little uh, push and pull between three and three and a half. Niners road favorites. 
back-to-back games on the road. The offense was outstanding last week, but that was against Detroit. Explosive plays all game long. They had the highest explosive play rate in the National Football League. I mentioned with two minutes left, they were crushing the Lions 41-17, to and it was a wild finish. Now they're missing their cornerback, Jason Verrett, because he gets hurt every single season. Eagles terrific in the red zone. The defense looks strong, but was that about the Eagles' defense, or was it more about the Falcons' offense as they push a reset on the entire organization. I I like San Francisco earlier in the week, but I'm shocked that this number has not climbed at all. Same here. And in fact, we were texting back and forth and I was like, and you, and you brought this up and I said, yeah, I like San Fran this week. And then, you know, I went back, I watched both games again. And I was like, you know, I think I like the Eagles in this spot. And just because defensively, the one thing that Philadelphia could do is they could actually stop that zone run um a little bit so with the injuries on the offensive side of the ball for san francisco like jimmy g looked pretty good but still i kind of like philadelphia in this spot man and jalen was a lot better than i expected he wasn't just bailing out of the pocket looking to use his legs one given time sat in the pocket i like the play calling i kind of like philadelphia in this spot something about this line absolutely stinks if it's at three i like san francisco but if i'm getting the hook or if i'm getting a four before kickoff i'm playing philadelphia in this spot but so it's not a game you love, but if you're no. making a call, you would look at Philly. No, yeah, I'd, I'd have to go to Philly. I'll probably end up playing Philly. Yeah, so your favorite plays are the Bills and Vikings. I'm looking at the Raiders and I believe still the Niners, and I lean towards the Dolphins. Ryan Horvat at Ryan Horvat on Twitter. Bet MGM tonight, weeknight, 6 to 10 p.m. Odyssey app, twitch.tv slash betql, 105.9 FM. HD2. Horvey, best of luck. I hope we uh, can continue to do this about once a month on early odds, all right? We have to. Before I go, Joe, you know that I am the king of college football, and I find every yes. opportunity to bring up college football. I got one Please. play today. I'm okay. 3-0 and on my college football best bets. This one stinks, but uh, <laughs> so did the Illini on the money line week zero. Go with Florida State to cover the five. This is their season. If you play this last week, Wake Forest was two-point favorites. Florida State has that disappointing loss. I think this is a little bit of an overreaction. This is their Super Bowl, man. I like Florida State to cover the five against Wake Forest. So uh, that's my oh. favorite play of the weekend right there for you. The Knolls. Uh, what What about the Notre Dame-Purdue? Over, man. What, what happened to your Irish defense? Looking oh, rough. Oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah, I have no expectations. When you bring over Jack Cohen as your starting quarterback, mm-hmm. you know, a guy that got beat out by Graham Mertz at Wisconsin, I have no expectations for this season. They're probably an 8-9 win team. Thanks, Harvey. Thanks, man. Look at Horvey leaving us with some college football. The perfect transition because Yahoo Sports, Pamela Maldonado, an outstanding college football handicapper. We'll hear from her next with her top plays of the week. Early odds each and every Saturday, 8 to 9 a.m. on 670 The Score and the Odyssey app. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Score Listener Line is open 24-7, 365, empowered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit betql.com back with you here on early odds sports radio 670 the score we cover just about every nfl matchup so let's hit on the college ranks pamela maldonado dropped by my weekday show betql daily 8 to 11 a.m odyssey app 105.9 fm hd2 we began with oklahoma and nebraska I'm on the over. I like the over on 61, which it hasn't actually moved, surprisingly. But Nebraska, they were a good fade in week one. They did me dirty last week. But quarterback Adrian Martinez, he's somebody that I I guess I haven't quite figured out yet. He is a one-man show for this Nebraska offense. And I think he alone can manage and get points up on the board against Oklahoma. As you can see, as a Longhorn, I'm not just saying this because I'm a Longhorn, but Oklahoma's defense is absolute garbage. They can allow... 31 points to anybody and they gave up 35 last week to the green wave 400 yards of total offense adrian martinez he's fully capable of doing that himself he's had 730 passing yards in two fbs games 10 yards per pass i think they can definitely put up 21 plus and you know that oklahoma's offense is going to score they're 28th in points per play and there's six in red zone attempts and six in red zone scores i like the over of 61 i think this is definitely hitting the 70s Alabama, 14.5-point favorites at Florida. Dan Mullins has some success. His big dogs, his offense put up a lot of yards and points the last couple of years. 
Do you like the side of the dog here at home, Florida, or is this just don't overthink it? It's Alabama, and when Alabama's playing well, no one even comes close. What do you think? Alabama, Florida, 14 and a half is the number right now. I think at this point you have to go with what you've seen, and it's Alabama minus 14 and a half for me, which actually has gone down. The line opened at 15 and a half, so money is coming in on Florida. But what has Florida shown that they can do offensively? They're a run first team this season after being pass heavy for the last few years. And I mean, Bryce Young, he's going to have himself a field day. The Gators, through two games, they rank 68th in opponent passing yards allowed, 73rd in opponent yards per pass. And the two games that they played against, the two teams, it was Florida Atlantic and South Florida. Bryce Young, he's going to have himself a field day. And on the other side of the field, other side of the ball, if you look at um, Emory Jones, he has a 5.4 passing average. He has just two passing touchdowns and four interceptions. I think this Alabama defense is going to eat him alive. And so we're, I'm not sure that they're going to be able to put up points and contend. I like Alabama on the road. You mentioned earlier, there's so many games that you like. Roll through, <laughs> through some of your favorites on Saturday. Go ahead. That, that's uh, The people are just looking for some winners. They don't care if it's a high-profile game or not. One of the ones that I like is Michigan State, plus 6.5. Even put some on the money line, plus 200 against Miami. I'm not convinced that De'Ara Keene, maybe he's injured. Maybe he's never recovered from his 2020 injury season. Maybe he's just not the same quarterback that we thought he was when he was um, at Houston. But, I mean, the Spartans in the last year, they were a one-dimensional passing team with a good run defense. This year, they're a one-dimensional run team with a good run defense. Not much has changed about this, so you know what you're getting from Michigan State. And running back in Kenneth, uh, Kenneth Walker, he has five rushing scores and over 300 rushing yards. And the Hurricanes, they average only just 19 points per game, but they did play a tougher slate against of opponents playing uh, Alabama and Appalachian State. But the key here is going to be the pass rush versus the offensive line. Michigan State, they have six combined sacks, four versus Northwestern. And Keene, he's been sacked six times in two games. So I'm just not convinced that maybe he's not a good fit for this Miami offense, but something's not something's not good. He's not the same explosive quarterback that we are used to seeing, and I'm not sure this is the team, considering the pass rush um, lack of quarterback protection, that he's going to bounce back in this spot. Pam, thoughts on Notre Dame this week? Notre Dame, eight-and-a-half-point home favorite over Purdue. Their defense has not looked good the first couple weeks. When I looked at this game, and we talked about it a little bit yesterday when we kind of lined up the first, you know, the first thoughts on college football, 58 and a half is the over. I would not be surprised if, if this is a high-scoring game. Do you trust Notre Dame here to uh, to win comfortably against Purdue, or is this going to be a, another tight one? Um, I think this is, there's better games that on the board that you can choose from. There's games that you can stay away from, and Notre Dame is one of those teams. I wouldn't trust my money on them. I wouldn't trust my money uh, against them, but, I mean, it's a – pass rush situation the one thing that Notre Dame has going for them is that they have a solid pass rush and Purdue has a very vulnerable quarterback protection they're both passing teams neither of them can put up some defense I would lean to the underdog Purdue plus seven only because Notre Dame they haven't impressed so until proven otherwise fade it seems like there's going to be a lot of points in that one right like both potentially yeah 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 that's I would definitely lean yeah I would lean to the over on that one especially as well Sure. Um, only betters, I would say, are bring up Coastal Carolina on a weekly basis. And they're laying nearly a couple of touchdowns on the road mm-hmm. at a MAC team at Buffalo. Are you betting them on a regular basis? It, the movement we've seen earlier in the week, it just seems like people are like, where's Coastal Carolina? I'm betting them until I lose with them. Yeah. I don't think that's a bad strategy. Um, last year, Coastal Carolina, they won so many games against the spread, but they were underdogs. 
this is the first year that they're having or seeing them where every game they're not only favorites but they're now double digit favorites i loved close to carolina at 10 and a half but the line is now 13 and a half i gotta see it proven first i know buffalo looked awful last week against nebraska but i mean now they're coming back at home you're seeing close to carolina a two touchdown favorite on the road I got to see it to believe it, prove it to me that you can do it consistently, and then maybe I'll back them. Um, I don't see Coastal Carolina losing, but I also don't believe that Buffalo has the parts yet. They're not cohesive. They're kind of fumbling all over themselves. They're a running back team, and they couldn't run the ball last week. So until Buffalo proves otherwise, maybe they're a better home team. But I got to see both sides first. But I definitely, Coastal Carolina is winning. I know that. Some strong college football looks there from Pam Maldonado of Yahoo Sports on BetQL Daily. Check us out weekdays, 8 to 11 a.m. on 105.9 FM HD2, the Odyssey app, twitch.tv slash BetQL. Jim Miller has optimistic thoughts on Bears-Bengals. He joins me next. Early odds, Saturdays, 8 to 9 on 670 The Score and the Odyssey app. Jim Miller, Time on Sports Radio 670. The score. Thank you for hanging out on this Saturday morning, getting you set for week three in college football. And of course, we continue with week number two in the National Football League. We check in with early odds contributor Jim Miller here on Sports Radio 670. The score. Jim Miller of Hawthorne Racecourse. What's up, Jim? What's up, Joe? Yeah, it was, uh, it was hopping at the uh, points bet uh, sports books at Hawthorne Racecourse at Crestwood and Prospect Heights for week one of the season. And I'll tell you, Joe, we always find out teams are never as good as they look in week one. They should never be as bad as they look in week one either. So we'll see what happens here for week two. Uh, it's interesting with the player props. I know you always get down on player props no matter what the sport is, but now we have a bit of a sample size with the NFL. And I noticed many books decided to post those player props very early and just shopping around this week. Points bet has had these things posted since early in the week, midweek. Most of them aren't even up on sites because they don't want to give people an opportunity to sharpen these numbers, start to bet into them because sometimes player props are a bit soft on the market and betters can take advantage. But I saw earlier in the week, all sorts of bears Bengals numbers. And you know what? I think it's smart to actually put it up earlier in the week because now Everybody's looking for that action, and you want to grab that action early on. I mean, everybody, of course, wants to get the number right in the end, but it's a determination. I think once you kind of heard, okay, Andy Dalton's your quarterback, well, you can kind of put together what your numbers are going to be for your receivers. If you get that question mark, I think, Joe, when it's going to be, is it Dalton? Is it Fields? Who's going to be the starting quarterback? Maybe they wait a little bit longer, but I think you have enough knowns out of week one where they can put that out there. And I think it is smart early in the season because you do, you, you want to grab the players in early on and that's what points much trying to do. Uh, which game has Jim Miller's attention on this week two card. All right. There's a couple games I want to look at. First off is the beloved. And it's only for this reason. I don't think they were as bad as the scoreboard showed in week one. I think the Rams were pretty good. I don't think the Bengals are good, and it's your first home game of the season. So the number I saw was minus two and a half, so I'm going to stick with the hometown team there. And then the other game I was looking at, and I don't know if this team can win, but the Texans are getting 12 and a half against Cleveland. Cleveland played Kansas City. They played them well. Here's the thing. Could this be a letdown week where, yes, you win, but you're winning by six or seven points? Maybe. The Texans, again, they played well. Two touchdowns almost in the NFL. 12 and a half points is a big number. I tend to wonder if Houston can cover that. 
Bears, Bengals, a lot of line movement midweek. So I reached out to our friends over at PointsBet. They were saying that on the money line, 80% of the handle was coming in on the dog, the Bengals. So that's why we saw a lot of that line movement. Mm -hmm. On the look ahead, it was Bears minus three and a half. After the week one games, it goes to Bears minus three. And then you had a ton of Cincinnati support. I, I think, Jim, the, the factor that people aren't taking into account is you had the Bengals, by the way, they had to play a full extra quarter last week. Yep. I don't know if that's a big deal at the start of the season, but the Vikings stink. So with all these week one results, what I'm considering is, was it more about the winner or more about the loser. There are games like Arizona Cardinals. People are betting into the yes. Cardinals. Them to win the NFC. Win the Super Bowl. Kyler Murray, he's bet all the way down to 9-1 to one to be the MVP this season. I'm like, okay. But I right. think that was more about the Titans' defense. So that has certainly come into play uh, for me. Inside of a field goal, I don't hate it. But I better see more Justin Fields because the Bears have yes. zero explosive pass plays last week one of two teams to have a total of zero explosive pass plays the boo birds will be <laughs> out early so uh looking forward to seeing how that one goes texans uh getting double digits i get it i understand that's a big number but i love 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 this browns team i actually felt better about cleveland making a deep run after their loss at Arrowhead. They had that game for three quarters. And sure, if you want to go negative, you could say, oh, what a blunder that was, melting down in the fourth quarter. But their yards per play, number one in the league last week. The offense was explosive. The defense is better, I think, going to improve as the season moves along. They proved that they can hang with the best in the NFL. So they're going to look at this as like, okay, let's not mess around because 89% of teams that start 0-2 don't make the playoffs. So right. if anything, I go Browns. I can't go Texans. And that's how you think about this too, Joe. If, if the Cleveland punter can just hold on to a snap, yeah. it could change the entire complexion of that game as well. I mean, that, that was a huge turning point in that game. You go from there, it, it, it does. It spins everything around the Browns. They did, they did play well. You know it's a massive rushing attack. Baker Mayfield's looking better. But, man, when you get 10 points or more in the NFL, that's just that's a big, big number. Uh, tell me, over at points bet, we can still bet 10 to win 10? No juice, yep. right? Yeah, no juice is a big deal, and we've talked about that because – it's such a fine line with the, with the NFL. I mean, if you're hitting at about 53, 54% for a win percent, you're doing good. But with the juice, you're still not making money. So no juice on every NFL game on the sides for the entire month of September. So that's a big deal to look out there. You always have your midweek games, then you have your Sunday night games, and then you have Monday night too. So no juice all the month of September. It's definitely worth jumping on. And this Sunday night football game, it's going to be the better than the one we saw last week between the Bears and the Rams, isn't it? And uh, I know there's a promo at PointsBet people need to take advantage of. Yeah, and the smart thing that PointsBet is doing is PointsBet's partnered with NBC, so you're going to see a lot of PointsBet throughout the course of any NBC telecast. But every Sunday night game, it looks like, at least so far, we're only a couple of games in, they've offered a $20 risk-free wager for your first wager placed on that game. So any wager, whatever it is, the first wager up to 20 bucks on that Sunday night game, you're going to get risk-free. You're going to get it back in site credit if you don't win. So it's worth taking a shot, jump on out there, and then get that action and watch the game. I hear there's another event happening this weekend at PointsBet in Crestwood, 13148 Rivercrest Drive. Yeah, they did a really good job last week. You had Devin Hester out there on Saturday, Lance Briggs on Sunday. This Sunday, Dan Hampton's going to be out there. So it's very cool when you can go out there, 
watch the games. You can talk to a guy who's a Hall of Famer. Teddy Greenstein's going to be out there with him. Teddy knows his stuff from the gambling end of things. Ham's going to answer questions, take pictures, sign autographs. I'm sure he'll give analysis of the game. Hopefully it's good analysis, but he's going to be out there Sunday afternoon at Crestwood. It's a great place to watch and bet on the uh, sports games. Huge TVs. You have a ton of 74-inch screens, so it is. It's an awesome spot to check out. All right, what about the horses today? Anything you like? Yeah, three races that we're going to look at. We're actually going to go out of town this weekend. We're going to start in Woodbine at race nine. Bet the seven, Bilichick across the board. It's a great name for a horse tying in with the NFL. <laughs> and then in race number 10 at Woodbine, bet the four, ride a comet across the board. Then go to Belmont Park on race 10, bet the eight, Balshoy Ballet across the board. All of them should provide some pretty good value. Jim Miller, Hawthorne Racecourse. Jim, let's do this again next week. You got it. Thanks, Joe. And here are the details for PointsBet Crestwood tomorrow with Hall of Famer Dan Hampton. Before the Bears-Bengals game, 10 a.m. to noon, Hamp's going to be there. As you mentioned, you'll have the opportunity to chat with Hamp. They'll have food and beverage specials, and you can hang out and watch and bet on football all day. Doesn't get any better than that. PointsBet Crestwood, the spot tomorrow. Here's to another profitable weekend. We had Ryan Horvat from the BetQL Network for about a half hour just breaking down this NFL card and also heard from Pamela Maldonado with her college football plays. If you missed a moment, the rewind feature on the Odyssey app or subscribe to the Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski podcast. Catch me on the score Tuesday through Friday on all four shows and I host BetQL Daily with Joe Giglio and Aaron Hawksworth weekdays 8 to 11 a.m. Here's how you find the show. We're on 105.9 FM HD2, 105.9 FM HD2, the Odyssey app. You just search BetQL Network and twitch.tv slash BetQL. Again, weekdays, 8 to 11 a.m. Up next, Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw. Cash those tickets and keep it locked here on 670 The Score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop, And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.